Welcome to the Shelter Footy Cast. Will Schofield, Mark Reddings, taking you through all the big stuff in the AFL of the week gone by and coming up ahead. Skeeter, we've got a Patreon now, mate. Are you excited? I've never heard the term Patreon, but I'm on board with you, Scoey. If you take me to the promised land, I'm there. VIP content, discounts, and much more. Backchatstudios.com.au to sign up as a VIP. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Shuttle Footycast live from Backchat Studios. It's a Southern River band. They're on tour at the moment, having a very good time. I feel like I'm uh, being tagged by this man currently. I saw him yesterday, worked with him. Um, you know, saw him, you know, he's just absolutely gallivanting around <laughs> at South River Global. It is shorts, mind you. Yeah. Mark Reddings joins me after a big weekend of footy. Hello, Hi, Scoey. Yes, good to be here. And uh, as is what Scoey's want, I uh, just thought I'd just wander into the South River club rooms and just purchase a, some hot chips, which I thought I'd just, just scamper back up to the box and just. Uh, put on a couple of extra kegs. But no, there he is, like a paparazzi bloke, <laughs> hiding in the corner, taking his shot, giggling like a four-year-old. And yes, he caught me with a chicken salt on the chips. Did you put, Jaden? did you get this up on social media? <laughs> Have you put it up yet? Well, Why? if it hasn't been up, what, what, what's, oh, what be purpose does it serve? Jeez, you were enjoying those chips, I'll tell you what. I, I didn't have really a hangover, but I was just sort of like in that sort of zone of, oh, I need some food just to yeah. just to get things oh, rolling. Don't worry, the vision says it all. You don't have to talk us through it. Just jump onto our social shelter footy cast if you to see Mark Reddings devouring a, a, a big bucket of chips. Oh, you would feel the unhealthiness in it as they well. They could even get in the Thirsty Camel Clanger of the Week. I mean, scared seriously. It's 1pm on a, on a Sunday. Just leave some for the rest of us, won't you? Uh, thirsty Camel Clanger of the Week. Don't run out of your favourites. Grab your shelters at Thirsty Camel. Actually, plenty going on. There's plenty yeah, going on over the weekend. Footy, I mean, we're, not, we're primarily a footy cast, so that is worthwhile discussing. And, of course, the... Uh, the trade period begins today. Yes. And um, it ends, I think, next week with... <laughs> goes forever, really. It does take it does. a long time to get get it sorted. But there's that. There's a trade. And look, the West Coast Eagles are going to be in the mix. But I think Sydney have been the, the club that have been most proactive uh, early stages. There's been some movement. Sydney, Essendon are rumoured to you know, be making up to eight moves this trade period. So it's going to be, I think, interesting at the least. Let's start with the Western Australian sides to start with. Skeeter, Joel Hamling uh, moves to the Swans. No compensation for the Freo Dockers. He walks out the door to his fourth football club. Geelong, Western Bulldogs, Fremantle, and of course now the Sydney Swans. I forgot about Geelong. I forgot you? about Geelong. Uh, how, how long did he spend there? No, not long. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not long, Skeeter. I don't know exactly. Long. I'm pretty sure it was Geelong. I, I okay. will stand corrected, but I'm sure it was. There's question marks as to why Fremantle didn't receive any compensation, but under the rules, if you're an unrestricted free agent... See you later. How's your argument? See you later. Oh, he's, he's, he's over 30? Yeah, he's given his time. I mean, this is his fourth club. It's not like he's a one-club player either. I think you have to... I think you have to have played over a certain amount of time to get full compensation for that. You know? okay. So like North Melbourne, for instance, like with Horn Francis, not that he walked out the door. It's not like they get a compo pick for him. They trade Will him. Todd Goldstein, will North get anything for him? It's a good question. Yeah, I'm Very not sure. I'll put it this way. You mentioned four, four clubs for, for Joel Hamling. I remember a lot of um, a lot of humour around uh, Dale Kickett. I think he ended up with five. Did he? Yeah, he ended up with five clubs. You think... 
Off the top of my head. Essendon, St Kilda, Fremantle, West Coast. Um, there was one other club in there Third as well. North, no. no. Yeah, he, he was, there's five clubs there, I'm sure, for, for Dale Kicker. But yeah, four, Joel Hamley. It's good yeah, effort. And he, look, you're right. I always think of him, man. We always, as, yeah. as Bulldogs slash Dockers, but there's a... There's more than uh, a couple of clubs next to his name. He's got the three states done. Tom Hickey, of course, had the four with Gold Coast, mm. St Kilda, Sydney, Sydney, and, West, and Coast. West Coast, of course. So Joel Hamley, I think that's a good pickup by the Swans. They've been hunting for a key position player. Of course, Tom Barras was rumoured for a, you know a little bit uh, to there with others as well. But they get Joel Hamley, who at his best, I think, is an AFL fullback still able to produce at the highest level. I mean, we saw him in that Waffle Grand Final. We spoke about that last week. I think it's a good move. Uh, that's Fremantle. Another one out the door alongside Liam Henry. He will go. I, I just think for Frio, uh, I, I've, I've got 2022 try, uh, period over over again. They're losing role players. Liam Henry and, and Joel Hamlin. They're not the best players on the list, but that's another two out the door on top of the five out the door last year. And they replaced with Luke Jackson and they bought in a Corbett. Uh, and I'm hoping you can throw another couple of names at me. But they bought some players in, but... The players out is seven, and they're all in that tier of players that provide depth for your list. I don't think it's a good thing for Freo. I think they've got to get some sort of uh, they've got to get someone back in the door that covers those those missing players, experienced players. You mean someone who's got a bit of just time correct. in the system? Yeah, correct. You can't just go to the draft and keep hoping to build if you're building this premiership squad they're trying to build. Yeah, exactly. Look, I think the Hamling one. I the only counterpoint to that is that he's I think he only played three games in in the last couple of years. He's great cover. But they are they're, they're reasonably well served in defence, albeit Alex Pierce's injuries have, have been pretty prevalent during his career. Brendan Cox, of course, down back. But well, yeah, who's next? So, yeah, oh, so. yeah, you're probably right. The, the, the lack of depth in that area is a, a concern. That's why they offered him a, a late contract, Fremantle, in terms of what they they wanted to to try and keep him so for that what, very reason. Why are they offering him a late contract? Why isn't he a priority given Alex Pierce's injury concerns? I mean, they don't have a key position back to come in and play. They've got two really young players in the in the mix there. I, I think that's a, that's a list that, position. That being got. said, Joel Hamling hasn't exactly enjoyed a, a injury-free run the last no, couple right. of years. So, I, look, I, I agree with what you're saying. I think ideally they'd have him at the club as backup. Um, I don't think he's a, he's been a priority for that reason. Well, I think it's clear. To talk about priorities, I think it's clear Fremantle don't value players below their top 22. They're not coming to the party with players in that 22 to 32 players, that 10 players that you need. You have to... You're not going to go well, through premiership a season. Teams. Premiership teams exactly are won right. by often the, the last five or ten spots on your on your list. Fremantle, and you can only judge them by their actions. They don't value them, mate, because they come to the table at the last second and hopefully they're going to get a deal done. They don't have the clout because players are going, well, nah, see you later. I'll get something better else somewhere else. Mm. Yeah, well, I think, you, I think your point last year was really good about who, who the Dockers lost or gave away, and also lost because of money and opportunities. This year, I don't think it's going to be anywhere near as significant. Liam Henry, obviously, Joel Hamling, yep. and no one else that I can I can think of at the top of my head who's... who's Not yet. Oh, you think they're... No, I don't know. No. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> yes. <baiting> you're <laughs> such a dick. <laughs> Sean Darcy rumoured to have... a very long-term contract close. in front of him. Very yeah. close. Apparently. Yeah. Which would be good to see. I'd like to see him sign on. Uh, Matt Flynn, let's go to the West Coast Eagles. He gets to the West Coast. Pick 40 compensation for the GWS Sun. So I'm um, not sure, again, how all of that actually works. It's probably like the Duckworth-Lewis system, some numbers going up and down and ins and outs. That's a great get for them. We spoke about that last week. Devin Robertson, who we thought was a bit of a lay-down Mazzea to get to West Coast. Well, no, you, you, you and I discussed this yeah. last week. You, you, you were thinking he should go to the Eagles for the, 
the opportunities yeah. and, and not just hanging around for a premiership. I was probably more on the other side of it. You so you're saying you're right? No, no, I just I think it's a 50-50 call. In fact, Brisbane were probably thinking they were out of the, yep. the race at one point. But, you know, if Brisbane finished sixth or seventh this year and Devin Robertson's at the club and, and played in the last game of the season, do you think that would have changed the narrative as to what we've seen happen? Because when you know when you're playing a grand final score, yeah. and, and a losing one particularly, you, there's, a, there's something like you've been robbed of something where you haven't quite quenched the thirst. Yeah. Is, is, that, is that a fair call when it comes to a player? And yeah, have the drive and the connection with those guys that you're playing that mm. grand final with. So I agree. And I think he was in a prime position, a West Australian guy away from home. He's always going to be someone on West Coast list yep. in terms of uh, p- players they're interested in, you know, two years' time, two years, five years' exactly. time. He's a young guy. I think he's probably made the right call. But West Coast, understandably disappointed because he's a good player. No question. And look, he was, um, I don't know the young man, but apparently in terms of leadership, he's got some really good qualities there as well. There you go. It would not surprise me given he's Darren Glass's nephew. Let's have a look around the rest of the AFL, Skate. A couple of big things happened since we last spoke. Clayton Oliver... Not going anywhere. Nothing to see here. There was something to see there. I'm sure there was something to see there, but we didn't get to see what was there. Uh, well, it's a good result for Melbourne. Maybe uh, maybe inadvertently it's panned out pretty well for the Ds because uh, it's a kick up the backside if he needed one. That's mm. only coming from the outside. If he needed to improve his behaviour or his rehab standards, I'm not sure, look, to be honest with you. But at any time a player moves in with the captain and his partner, mm. you know, outside of, you know, just trying to find a new house in a new state. There's something, there was some smoke there, surely. He's going pretty well for someone with uh, professional standard issues, given he's like a four-time All-Australian, is he two-time best and fairest winner? Yeah, premiership player. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like he's going, and I understand, maybe sweep over some cracks, that's not the saying, but I'll say that. Um, sweep a bit of problems under the rug, should we say. Mm. But it, it, he's, not, he's not a basket case that can't roll out there every week. At the at the moment, but clearly, if you if you're using this year as a, as a gauge, I, I don't know whether the, the hamstring injury, obviously how how severe it was, but there's something underneath all of that, the club's perspective, and and maybe you know some have suggested even given he's the, won four and best of Ferris, yeah, four, won four best four, of Ferris, which is putting him in that's that's a territory, that's Marcus Bontempelli type in terms of what he's done on the ground right. now off field I don't know I've, I don't know him from Bar of Soap to be honest with you but no, neither do I so off the back of that I mean there's been questions about the coach about whether he sets the right standards for, for that footy club yep. but at the end of the day um, I think hopefully from a Melbourne perspective and and Clary's perspective they, they get to a position where he continues to play good footy and is, is settled off the field now what, what that means with regards to what he's doing off the field I've no idea but if he's had a couple of issues and Maybe it's a little the alarm bells have gone off. It is always an interesting conversation about uh, players on field versus off field. Yeah. And it is relevant. Of course it is. Uh, but there is a point sometimes with, with me and I think, well, where, where's the line of uh, public interest versus, you know, if it's affecting your, your playing career, I think it's a, definitely of interest in the media. But it, when, there, when there are things that are happening off the field that are separate to performance and... Uh, maybe mental health related or other. I do. I do ask the question sometimes in my own head. It's like oh, I wonder how deep we should be going in, into this, given no one actually knows. knows Clayton very well. I wouldn't have thought. Well, those of us talking about it, obviously, like the footy club I. know. Yeah. Yeah. So I always question. I wonder how far we go in here. But he's going nowhere. Melbourne keep their man. Four time best and fairest winner. Three time All Australian. He's a good player. Uh, now 
Let's stay on Melbourne for a tiny sec. They had their best and fairest over the weekend. I thought this one was interesting. Let me read you a quote, Skeeter. Uh, we lose to Collingwood and they go on to win the flag. It fucking hurts watching that. We're a better team than them. We should have smoked them. To sit there grand final day and watch them hoist the cup, get the medals. I'm sitting there going, geez, our team is so much better than these guys. Quote, unquote, Stephen May at the best and fairest. I love I, I love the honesty. I'll start with that. I like the honesty. What do you say? Now, I, I, there's a massive part of me that in the media, we always bemoan the fact that football has come out with just crap, yes. benign, boring answers. That is not one of those. That, in fact, reminds me of maybe a Philadelphia Eagle linebacker after losing the, the Super Bowl or not getting through to the divisional yes. playoff. But I know it's going to come back to bite him on the ass. Yeah. In, in terms of, uh, you remember Ed Langdon? Had the all duck, no dinner That's right. comment uh, directed at Collingwood. That's right. And guess what? They target him. Um, look, I think it's great for them. The Collingwood boys to sit back and have a giggle at that. And I agree with you in many respects. If that's how he feels, I mean, let's let's also break it down. They're zero and four in their last final, four finals. They, they can talk about inside 50s and should have been at Collingwood. They should have beaten Carlton. They haven't done that. They didn't beat Brisbane last year. They lost their last four finals. So it's more about what Melbourne has to do about themselves and other teams not being good enough. So I think... I, I can see where he's coming from. Yeah, you can see where he's coming from. End of the day, they haven't been good enough. Yeah, you're dead right. Look, what he said in part is true. They, they may have a better team than Collingwood. They may, on paper, uh, even in games, be playing better than Collingwood. But at the end of the day, you win or you lose. Yeah. And if you lose, you're not a better side. And so we copped this a bit in 2018. Uh, Richmond was the, was the best side of that year, is what I've heard. We beat Richmond when we played them during the year. Here? Yeah, smacked them. That yep. was the only time we played them. Yep. Smacked them by eight goals. Let me ask you this question while on that. Yes. Do you, and we'll never know, do you honestly believe you would have beaten them in the GF if they'd got through? doesn't matter, does it? No, I, no, it doesn't matter. Five years down the track, it's well, okay, a, I'll say yes. Yeah, we would have smashed them. So, you know. I, I don't know. No. But that's that's the point I'm making is, okay, you can say, yeah, could have done this, could have done that. We were the best side that year. We fell in the prelim. Didn't happen. To win the premiership, you need to win a prelim, right? And if you can't do that, you're not the best side. So no. Collingwood was the best side this year. It doesn't matter what happened. 100%. Doesn't matter what, what you think. You can not like them like me. You can love them like supporters. They're the best side. End of story. It, do, it does not actually matter about anything. And so these sides and, you know, Richmond, I've heard Richmond people talk about, you know, we're the best side, unlucky in 18. Stiff shit. That yeah. the best side wins the flag. It doesn't matter how you play. You play to win the grand final, not to be the best side. Correct. And conversely, if Collingwood, they lost a prelim to the Giants one year. If they'd gotten through, that they last year they lost to Sydney. They should they should have won that, right? Yeah, exactly. That, and but then again, Geelong were easily the best side last year. Uh, they may not have won the grand final if Collingwood had got through. But end of the day, but Geelong was the best side because they won the grand final. Totally, hundred percent. Not because of how they played during the year. No, hundred percent. But, but during the year, it sets up the position to yeah. get you through to a grand final. So, look, Stephen May, I, I quite like it. I'm not oh. not, um, not bagging him for, for being honest, but I just reckon there'd be Gary Pert and a few of the, the uh, Simon Good would be sitting back going, oh, you know, if you're a coach, yeah, you, hope, you hope he's not saying it. Yeah, correct. Uh, let's move to Collingwood now. Their vice captain, Taylor Adams, requests a trade to Sydney. Uh, this is a big one, probably the biggest one over the weekend in terms of trade deals. He's a... Uh, you know, this is a quote from Collingwood. He informed us yesterday he'd like to look at a possible move to Sydney. This is them posturing up, by the way, Collingwood. He is contracted. We'll have to look at it. And he knows uh, it could potentially not get done. And he will play for us if it doesn't. Um, so, 
uh, Collingwood don't want to lose him, but I think they know the writing's on the wall. So as a Collingwood, you're going to say, well, he's our vice captain. We, we need, he's a required player, but he wants out. I'm not sure where the salary cap sits with Collingwood. They did a big dump a few years ago. Um, I think around the, in the pick 20s, early 20s, I think there's some discussion as to where Taylor Adams goes. And look, it's a, I, I, you know, it's a really tough one for him because, uh, what, three weeks ago, mm. he's flying, he's a vice captain, mm. and he's thinking premiership. Does a, a little hamstring, not not overly significant, but you called it early. I think most people understood once he'd done his hamstring, I think a couple of weeks out from the GF, it was always going to be tough. So he's come so close to being a Collingwood Premiership player. And after off the back of that, I just wonder whether he would have still requested a trade. He may still have. But that's, yeah, the, the sliding door moments in life, Scoey, yeah. in footy particular in September, quite significant for Taylor Adams. The psyche is interesting, you know, yeah, as you say, if he wins it, he's a premiership player. Does he feel fulfilled and he, he leaves regardless? Uh, I, I'd have to say this isn't something that's come across his desk after the grand final. He would have known Sydney had approached his management, I'm sure, so he would have known it was a possibility. Uh, before the grand final. Mm. So but, this, this this wouldn't be a new thing to him. And, and he's gone, well, now I've lost it. I need to go and get to a new team. Don't, don't think he's done that. That hasn't happened. No, no, no. Not thinking for one minute. But just if you'd played in that grand final and been a premiership player, how difficult is it then to mm. to say, no, I want out? I, that, to me... We've seen it done. Oh, absolutely. But you see it in NRL. It's like, oh, well, you just move on to your next club and that's you've already got something in place. Scott Lice at 2018. Yeah, exactly. Um you just—it's a modern way of doing it, but yeah, it's still a—you have to—you have to be a bit torn because you've just experienced the greatest football moment of your life, and then you're saying, "See you, boys, I'm off." Uh, I don't know what happens there. He probably gets there in yeah. the end. It means Sydney. How about these, you know, acquisitions? Joel Hamlin, we speak about that. Brody Grundy is going to that football club, and Taylor Adams. I mean, they're three pretty big ins. It changes your football club a bit. That's a spine, absolutely. And Brody gets a good look at it in the ruck. Uh, by himself, essentially, doesn't he? Oh, I mean, Adams is sort of in the wings, and they've used other players as backup. McLean, but no, he, he's. I've got a feeling Brody Grundy has a big, big season next year. Yeah, I, I t- totally agree. Sydney with you. style, and I player. hope he does. Because yeah. to be fair, he's been didn't want to leave Collingwood, mm. went to Melbourne, um, probably had doubts about matching it and being a support act to, to Max Gorn, and he hasn't said anything publicly that makes me think he's a sook. I think he's just thought, well, you know what. I'll keep pushing on. So I hope he has a really good year. Um, if we just stay in sort of trade period and, and moving of picks, I think this one's an interesting. The Bulldogs are trying to get their hands on pick four, apparently. They're trying to move up in the draft. So uh, that's currently uh, Gold Coast's pick. Um, not, the Gold Coast got some they've got currency. Some, they've got some currency because they're shit. Uh, now, this is from the ages, Michael Gleason. The Dogs would give up 10, 17, and their first, future first. So 10-17, both first-rounders. It's a lot. And their future first. Which is a massive... So that's three first-rounders. For what? Number four. Goldberg goes pick four and two third-rounders and 2024 third-rounder. You know, a few junk junk picks. I think if that deal gets done, that's good for the West Coast Eagles with this pick one trade. Because if you can get pick four for two for, for, for three first-rounders, that's an absolute bottom basement deal the West Coast should be looking at. And I think that's around the mark for what West Coast should look at for pick one. Three first-rounders plus maybe even a player. 
if that deal gets done, it's very good for the West Coast Eagles. Now, there's some Travis Kelsey uh, potentially attached to this for me, but you're saying the Bulldogs to give up pick 10, pick 17, yes. and a future first rounder yes. for pick four. And some and some numbers off the back of it. Oh, okay. Um, they may have a, uh, a what are they called, academy player that they need some picks for. Okay, God, that, that's making more sense now, but I'm thinking pick four, and you've got 10, 17, and a future first rounder. That, mm. to me, is... That's very uh, brave in that sense. But again, I'm talking out of school because I've got no idea what they've got up their sleeve academy was. Thank you, Tay Tay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that? They called him Mr. Pfizer. Uh, Aaron Rodgers called him Mr. Pfizer. So I don't know if you've been following on along at this. So the relationship you mean? No. So oh. well, so there's the Taylor Swift stuff yeah. which is going on, but then. Travis Kelsey's done an ad for Pfizer, which, of course, big drug com- uh, corporation over in America. Yes. He's done a, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the ad is. Rogers on McAfee, uh, Pat McAfee's show, uh, just casually referred to him. He was talk- breaking down the game, uh, Jets v. Uh, Kansas City, and just casually sort of said, yeah, we took control of Mr. Pfizer, right? And they all lost their shit. Travis Kelsey uh, had a press conference later in the week, Call him, called him uh, Mr. Johnson & Johnson because the owner of the Jets is uh, like a major shareholder in Johnson & Johnson, which is another drug side. So I just think it's quite humorous over there. All, all the while, Travis Kelsey's knocking off Taylor Swift. So uh, I think he comes out on top, literally a, and proverbably. Big get. I mean, and, and <laughs> it's so, a big get. So, so suddenly, <laughs> my, suddenly my girls who haven't heard of Travis Kelsey didn't know that he was actually a decent athlete in his own right. Suddenly they know who the Kansas City Chiefs are. And their numbers at games have gone up. His Instagram following has gone through the roof. His jersey sales are up 400%. That is just, that's priceless. And as, as you say, he's just uh, taking her on the private jet and uh, doing as he pleases. It's a big get, Skate Records. <laughs> Will Schofield, Mark Redding, Sheldon Flicker. Best trade of the year. It's a great acquisition, Skeeter. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's get out of footy for just a moment, Skeeter. There's a couple of other sports. Uh, there was a couple of you know big things happening. The Cricket World Cup is underway for Australia. India, knock them off by six wickets in Chennai. Yeah. Tell me about it, because yeah. I did not see it. No, you're big on your career, and you? you're all over the World Cup. Uh, they were... They were in a lot of trouble at uh, what dismissed for one ninety nine. We made uh, made a bit of a, a slow start. Our batting was um, maybe because the pitch didn't allow us to. And their we, spinners. We made one ninety nine, or they went. No, we went one hundred ninety nine. That's terrible. Dismissed, yeah, dismissed for one. Smith, Labuschagne, a little cautious from the outside about the way they played their cricket, and their spinners are better than ours. So we've got Adam Zampa who went for fifty three from eight overs. Glenn Maxwell. Uh, none for thirty odd. The part timer, uh, Gary Lyon, the ghost, put his hand up and said, "If there's another injury, I'm I'm keen to come over." He's not really a great, like, I think, one day bowler, but given our our spinning depth at the moment, which is pretty average, and our batting, perhaps I'm not sure our batting is conducive to winning a World Cup on the subcontinent. We're in massive trouble. We're in all sorts because India, if they prepare pitches like that throughout, their spinners. Oh will obviously right. thrive. So uh, no surprise we've beaten my India, but uh, to make less than 200 uh, after winning the toss and batting's not great. We've got South Africa on Thursday. Yeah, I'm not holding great hopes for the Aussies on that front. Mind you, England got rolled by New Zealand, which is good to see. I'm pretty happy to see the Kiwis <laughs> bounce the Poms early on. And hopefully, you, you uh, like seeing England win? I, oh, sorry, England lost. Oh, absolutely. I love seeing England lose. Oh, they lost. I thought you said... All right, yeah, sorry. New Zealand beat them. And if we're barracking for a team outside of Australia, yeah. and I don't think Australia can win it... To anyone playing the England. Yeah, but New Zealand. Yeah. I think New Zealand's... A, I think we've got a bit of admiration for, for them. Cool. No, I think so. I think compared to England... 
be great because they got robbed in the World Cup in 2019. Uh, they play cricket in a great spirit. I, I hope they go deep. And look, we've still got a chance, but gee, we'd have to change a few things. And uh, India on the subcontinent. And the big match, by the way, down the track, India-Pakistan. Right. That That is like... Yeah, that would be... <laughs> wasn't Virat Kohli saying... Put an Instagram story up saying, don't hit me up for tickets. Did oh, you see that? Well, I didn't see He said to my it. friends and family, please stop asking for tickets. Watch the game at home. There's no tickets left. We'll say, I interviewed Justin Langer on radio on Saturday. I said, just how do you how do you describe, because we saw India-Pakistan at the T20 World Cup, and the atmosphere is just enormous. And I know, even though you're not a cricket man, the noise and the excitement. Yeah. I said, Jay, well, how, how do you compare this? He said, well, mate, I reckon if you put... If you put Two bunches of Collingwood supporters at the MCG, like a hundred thousand, all barracking for Pakistan or India. That feral nature. I reckon you've summed it up. <laughs> That's JL. You know, ah, Thanks for joining us, JL. <laughs> I tried to put like, that. Was very good. He's very passionate. Where is he? Is he? Uh, he's here, there. I think. Yeah, right. yeah, he's here, and he's um, got a lot of uh, fingers in pies. And we discussed Absolutely the does. the Eagles board and the coaching uh, appointment or the, the coaching decision of Simo and seven. Yeah, he's, he's up and about. No uh, JL, bit of coaching in the IPL as well. Oh, don't worry, he's bounced back right on his feet. No, he's going beautifully. Uh, now let's get out of cricket for a little bit. Kel. Kelvin Kiptum. Yes. You know Two hours Kel- and 35 seconds. Now, I can I can relate to him because... What's he done? A world record in the marathon. Oh, marathon. Yeah, right. so oh, the only thing I can compare is that I, I think I ran, going back a bit, uh, half marathon in about two hours and ten minutes. So I sort of know what it's like to run for two hours, but only twenty-one k's. If you get me, tell you what, Calvin Kipton. Let's say he's broken the marathon world record at twenty twenty-three Chicago Marathon. And notoriously, is a good place to run marathon skate. I know a little bit about running. Uh, yeah, in Chicago. Yeah, it's flat. It's a windy city. Though. That's quite flat. Those skate protected by the buildings out there. I think in the in the hills. Uh, oh. Now, so twenty-three years old. <laughs> twenty-three years Thanks, old. Thanks, Barack Obama. Who's a, a Chicago? <laughs> native give you a set update 23 year old he's actually from Hawaii but 23 year old oh well, he's born there yeah okay 20, well, that would say where he's native from now the 23 year old clocked 2 hours 35 yeah, seconds yeah I said that at the start yep he, be- <laughs> he eclipsed he eclipsed Kip another, another Kenyan yes previous record by 34 seconds so that's a decent he, and you know he's 23 years of age he hadn't run a marathon until 12 months ago that is a freakish performance yeah and so off the back of that you would think that at two hours and 35, it mightn't be long before we see a marathon run inside two hours, which is akin, uh, William John Schofield, to running a four-minute mile sub-four minutes, which is what Roger Bannister did in 1954. What's a mile? A mile, exactly. Well, it's different <laughs> to a kilometre. But uh, you looked at me it's with a blank look, but Roger Bannister, a very famous time in sport where uh, to, to break the 1954 for the second time, he broke the four-minute mile. Uh, that's what 44, 46, around 60 odd years ago. So you're putting this in context with people are giving us an example. Well, exactly, marathon to, right? to, to, to the mile. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was that, that was that was the context of it. I'll give you some context that's relevant. Now, um, is that all right? Because, yeah, the, but you like that sort of stat? Well, and you, well, oh, how do you know did. that? I said, well, I wasn't born in 54, Sky, but mm. history. You learn these things. Like honestly, there'd be half of the people listening that would not know what a mile is. Do no, you how well, far it is in metres? Do you know? No, I don't. It's about 1,630 metres, Skater. Well done. So so, it's, so you think of that to run that under four minutes. going back a long time it's ago. Quick. It's quick. Real it's quick. But real context for you. Uh, the two-minute 51 kilometre uh, per kilometre pace that he did. Yep. Right? So he did 251s for 42 kilometres, 42 yep. and a bit. The fastest player at this year's AFL draft combine did his two-kilometre time trial at two-minute 54 pace. So uh, our mate Kelvin, 
has run for 42 kilometres faster than anyone could do it in just two kilometres. That's that's a great stat. Yeah, that's crazy. Really, that's amazing. Um, and just to finalise that, I did uh, Lake Munga the other week. Is that yeah, right? About 19 minutes. So that, that <laughs> How is, fast is that three kilometres? <laughs> What's wrong with that? That's, of course, that's the context we're looking for. But you know, for, I did Peter. accelerate a couple of times because <laughs> you had, had to accelerate because you know what it's like when you're running along and there's uh, an attractive woman running coming the other way. You have to lift the chest, throw the shoulders up, and pretend that you're running with some degree of conviction. Gusto. <laughs> Gusto. And then as soon as she goes past me and doesn't even look my way, I go back to you know Cliff Young. What's the best case for scenario that you think seriously? I'll tell you what, we'll scope for the Park Reading Shelter Footy Cast. Uh, if you want some, if you want some interesting times while the AFL season is done and dusted, head down to Lake Munger to see Skeet and cheer him on <laughs> by myself, trying not to fall into the pond. Hey, um, just on on yes. the draft combine, I'm not yes. sure if we're going to touch. We're on, on there right now. Let's go, um, Aidan O'Driscoll. What yep. a star from Perth Footy Club Colts. Yep. Uh, he won the twenty meter sprint to two point six something seconds. Two point eight seven one seconds. There we go. So two point eight seven one seconds. So Quick. Just so you know, obviously the brother of Nathan and uh, the brother of uh, Emma, who was best on ground for for Fremantle Very yesterday good. in the AFLW yes. loss to North Melbourne, but he. He showed a bit of his class in the Colts grand final, kicking two, the first two goals of the game against Claremont. Uh, speed. You tell me, Scott, how much do recruiters look at just these individual tests? Well, they look, they look at them for sure because, if you, you know, you can test by the eye. This isn't going to get you drafted alone. No. You need to combine this with the ability to play football, right? That's very handy. But if you're in a group of 200 players and maybe, you know, 20 of those play in your position... You're a one in 20 chance of getting picked up at that spot. If you go out and you're the fastest of those 20 or the fastest of those 200, mm. you, ju- that, that, you know, that's not a bad thing. Can't help but impress. No, nah, it puts your name in lights. We know he's quick. Um, you know, sometimes it's actually a little bit to do with technique and some of these testing is as well. So I watched him do it. He had the, he had the big high arm to start with. So he's trying not to break the, uh, the, the timer. So, so essentially you're not starting like a – like a 100-meter sprint at the sprint. Olympics. No, no. It's, it's a standing start. And if you start with your arm in front of you, like, you know, you're standing like that, you can break the, the time Playing, with yeah. your hand. So he started above his head, and that's his first, first movement. So he clearly was well-trained on how to do these. Yeah. Lance Collard from Subiaco also. Agility test winner. Very good agility. Um, now, he was very strong for Subi in the Colts. I think kicked four or five in a final this year. Uh, an NGA player off the top of my head as well, and he's been doing some work at the Footy Commission. So Lance Collard, I think, is someone that will go in the draft. Um, where and how that, that plays out remains to be seen. Um, the other West Aussies that I think worth noting, Colton Tolstrup yes. from Subi, played league footy, and and generally at, at the testing was was excellent, and you might have some more. And it is Tolstrup. Yeah, with not th- it's two. I've been told by his dad. So okay. for what it's worth, uh, you'll have to get used to that name so moving he, forward. He ran six seventeen in the two k time trial, which is not too bad. Um, but, got- uh, well, I've seen him play footy in all seriousness, so he has got the skills to, to really translate. We when you go from Colts to league, and he fits in seamlessly, a bit like Dan Curtin. You know that there's there's a, a good uh, path for him moving forward. Our man Zane Zakostoleski. Zach Ostelski. Thank you very much. Uh, continues rise up the draft boards with a uh, big vertical leap and a 2.95 in the 20-metre sprint for a 194-centimetre player. Yeah, but he's not a ruckman, apparently. I've asked uh, Adam Jones of the Footy uh, Commission. A bit small. He, a bit small for a ruckman. Yeah. So 
But what he did in the ruck for Claremont in the Colts winning the, the Melbourne medal was outstanding. So uh, Zane, of Austrian descent, uh, has uh, got a lot of potential. Hadn't played a lot of footy or certainly elite footy until recently. So uh, ZZ on top at uh, the draft combine. Okay, thank you. How long have you been working on that for? Well, I did a, I did a story for the commission about three months ago. And right. then the West, of course, pinched it today as their headline. So. Okay. Anyway, that's okay. okay. That's all right. <laughs> Trademark, Mark. Sorry, just sit there all day thinking. Trademark readings. Okay. Uh, now, uh, I've got some uh, stats for you, Skate. Yeah. Um, I thought, rolling out all these drafting, people are thinking, oh, that's good. These kids are good. How about some context? We're talking about context. Mm. And we went all the way back to 1954 for some. Um, Roger Bannister. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's go back all the way back to 2006 draft combine results, Skate. I've looked them up. The shuttle run. Is that the you? Beep test. Is that you? right. Oh, of course. It's, yeah. So go back to your year. Yep. Top 10. Uh, Simon Hogan topped that one out with Tim Hallahan, who was drafted the West Coast yep. Eagles, 15.4. At number seven in the country, young Will Schofield, 14.4. So, so the first two players you mentioned there, yep. um, their careers in AFL level? 50 games-ish mm-hmm. each. Yep. Shane Edwards was third, of course, by 300 yeah, yeah. games. Basha Hooley was fourth. Wow, okay, now we're talking about... So there's yeah, some real quality early. James Thompson, son of Michael, yes. was fifth at uh, 14.8. Joe Anderson, who played a bit of footy at uh, 14.4. Nathan Jacura, who was drafted to Geelong, 14.4. And Will Schofield, Lockie Hansen, who went at number four in that draft. We were both on 14.4. And David Armitage topped out to top 10, the captain of St Kilda at one stage, 14.3. So some quality. The 3K time trial. Tell you what, I was doing well. Seventh in this one, Skeeter. It's pretty much the same names if you look across season and no real other standouts. But I just wanted to say, these kids have got it easy. 2K, how about tack another kilometre on it? We had to do a 3K. 3K. 2K time trial, easy as you like. Yeah, but then you, you know, did you have the... Ten, the minute, 10 minutes 34, so that's 3 minute 31 uh, K that's pace. That's humming. It's not too bad. It's good. It's not great. Well, for me, Top it is. seven in the country. It would have been very good. Tell you what. Lake Munger. Girls around Lake Munger would have been stopping yeah, to watch. Flying. That was uh, a good 20 years ago. Jumped on the scales this morning. <laughs> not looking good. Not looking good at all. Mate, add another 20 years and you'll <laughs> yeah. you be a fat prick like more. Not so much, but you just have to hold the, hold the fort. Well, just gonna holding. Sure, we'll hold the fort to make sure you don't just blow into it, blow out into the Michelin man. Double handed holding something. Uh, Will Schofield, Mark Renning, Shell Footy Cars. Let's get back into a couple of the uh, big trade moments, Skeeter, because trade week has started. Uh, I have been uh, f- uh, told by a good man, Jaden, on the decks. Tom Duday, officially a lion. Adelaide decide not to match the deal. No. Crow set to receive a round one uh, compensation pick That's on this bad. one. Pick 19 for yeah. Duday. Yeah. He's got a knee recode to overcome, but we've talked about this, I think, last week, that Brisbane, they need... Well, a bit of help for Harris Andrews in defence and uh, hopefully Duday can do that because that's where they look vulnerable on grand final day to me. Just thought, without if Harris Andrews goes down, they're a, they're suddenly a, not such a, a dominant side. Yep, a good, uh, good goal. I just don't know when he's going to come back into the side. Mm. I, I wouldn't expect too much from him next season, Brisbane Lions fans. Paddy Dow requests a trade to his third club in St Kilda. He was a top five draft pick. Could have him top three, maybe? And he only got a look late in this season. He only had eight clearances against the Giants. We had a, a reasonable return, but of course didn't find you know, players missing from that match. Couldn't work his way back into the side. Are you who questioning? Who drafted by? Oh, who's dra- ah, good question. Um Drafted by Carlton. I thought he was drafted by Carlton. Yes. What side's he at right now? Carlton. Thought he was. I thought he was moving to his third club, but maybe that's incorrect. He's asking uh, me to trade to St Kilda. Yeah. Well, he's. I think he's been frustrated for a year or so. I don't think this is just twenty twenty two. I think he's found it hard to to break into a 
uh, a side. A good that, side. Yeah, well, back half of the year, yeah. this good side, but they haven't been for a while. So, yeah, probably not a bad move for him. What I've seen from Paddy uh, for a top three pick, and that, that adds some expectation to your career. I don't think he's lived up to that from what I can no. say. So maybe a change of scenery does that for him. Let me know if I've got that right or wrong, Jane. Uh, maybe a Chol requests a trade to Hawthorne. I think it's a good move by Hawthorne. We've seen him alongside Levi Casbolt uh, and now King's back in the mix at the Gold Coast Suns. I think Chol sort of riding on the wall you know, more opportunity in a side that really needs a big key forward like that. Yeah, I, I think uh, well, Damien Harwick was at Richmond when he was at Richmond, so maybe uh, being... That's interesting. Yeah, I, just I hadn't think thought that, about that. Yeah, so I just think Dimmer probably doesn't rate him, but just doesn't think that he's the, the player that... He's seen enough of him to think, no, he's either... He just looks a bit laconic, a bit... Not lazy, but it sometimes drops his head when mm. things aren't going well, a bit like us um, in life generally, when mm. things aren't just like going... Like Munger. Like Munger. <laughs> <laughs> about the 2K mark. Um, but no, look, he's a talent. There's no question he's got talent. And I think Sam Mitchell, the key is whether he can unlock the, the key for him to, to to bring out his best footy on a, on a more consistent basis. But yeah, he's... You know, I think who's leaving Hawthorne? Is it Kaczynski who's going to Richmond? Yeah, I believe yeah. so. So they're so, trying to replace that. Yeah. Look, they'll be running a role-based system in Hawthorne next year, and they have this year where they they got defined roles, and they want to you know plug and play young guys into doing them. They need a a competitor that's able to either win or half contest in front of the footy. They're not, they're not getting in a guy that's going to kick sixty goals. He's no. not going to kick sixty, but he will uh, provide. A, a Batman and Robin type areas for Mitch Lewis. Mitch Lewis is a guy that can kick 60 he, goals. He's, he's the, he'll be the focus. You need a Chole or anyone that can stand up there, take another defender, make sure there's not two on one on Mitch Lewis. That's what they want, and that's what uh, Sam Mitchell will be thinking. Uh, so, <laughs> this is a little little one. Swan's Delis, Will Gould. From, for those fantasy fans out there, this, this guy has been on the edge of selection for the last four years. Uh, and they've got rid of him. Sydney have delisted a bunch of guys. Uh, they've done all of these moves in the last over the weekend, but he was probably the main one of the rest of them. James Jordan, a swan pick, thirty-nine compensation. James Jordan, of course, uh, from Melbourne, and famously or infamously was he was in the he was a sub sub here at Copter Stadium yep. in the grand final. That's right. Which so, uh, Premiership player? Uh, yeah, a Premiership player. But gee, he'd almost feel a little bit. Of, Unfulfilled as well, wouldn't you? Been you? Yep. I don't think he got on the ground, did he? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Or so, did they bring him on very late? I don't think he got on. I don't. Which I reckon you'd take if, it. If you're the, yeah, you take, of course you take okay. it. But if you're the coach, mm. give him five minutes. Like, you're up by seventy points. Yes. Couldn't you give him a five minute anyway? I, That's a good point. I just think it's um, going back to that match. Yeah. I, I, good luck to him in the Swans again. Very active. Uh, now, just to finish off all this trade chat, should should clubs receive compensation when a free agent leaves? Um, so this is the one. Uh, this is an unrestricted free agent. Which is a Joel Hamling yes. type. Should there is Because you questioned it. Do you think no, no I didn't question it, but people have questioned it. I said, well, that, the rules suggest no. So mm. I'm not sure whether there's any any, any headlines saying, wow, this is uh, the Dockers have been stitched up here, which okay. that's just the way it rolls. Um, no, I haven't got any, any strong feelings on that. If you've, if you've served your time um, at, at that age bracket, then I, I think you, a bit of flexibility is good. Uh, trade period started today, as we said, 9am Eastern. It is uh, running until October 18. Clubs have until 7.30pm uh, Eastern. You probably could knock that on the head at 5pm, I reckon. They yeah, maybe. Want a bit just, of airtime, clearly. Or well, maybe if there's a Stan Doco coming out to show me the money version 3, they might uh, be able to just give that a bit more massaging. Well, given the key position movement this year, draft nominations open on October 10. I might have to consider that. Um, that's tomorrow. I'll, uh, I'll have a think about it overnight, <laughs> Skeet, if that's all right. Will Scoville, Mark Redding, Shuttle Footycast. 
Just want to go through a couple of the best and fairest winners over mm. the past little bit. Skate, I think this is an interesting little chat just given how some of these teams went throughout. We've got about six teams to go through. Adelaide, Jordan Dawson wins that one over Rory Laird and Taylor Walker. Um, some senior players. This is a side which I think can make some movement next year. They were they were good, not great this year. They beat some good sides, but were inconsistent, uh, not only uh, throughout the season, game by game, but within games. They showed some inconsistencies, but they improved as a side. I say two words or one name: Ben Keys. Goal. They play finals. That's that. Wow. That that's uh, and look. So I reckon that. I reckon they were they were the side that is a bit like Hawthorne. The asterisks thinking this is a team I think that's going north next year. And, and Jordan Dawson been an outstanding acquisition. Yeah. Uh, Captain Best and Fair. That's one of the better trades you'll ever see, I reckon. Uh, Carlton, the John Nichols medal. Jacob Wiedering wins his second Best and Ferris at Carlton. A good one, a full back. In a year, they make the prelim. Um, I don't know where that sits and whether that's sort of the areas they should have, whether it was overachieved, underachieved, but they certainly had their run of emotion coming into the final series. Nick Newman, another backman, was second in this count. Charlie Kerno third with 174, so 210, 193, 174. Carlton go one better next year? Oh, no guarantees. No, no absolutely not. But they've got the basis, and as Vossi said, uh, at the at the count, essentially, you can finish a year like they did last year, heartbroken about what might have been and, and feeling really sick about it. This year, obviously, they fell one game short of a grand final, but hopefully, instead of disappointment, the burn to, to succeed is stronger than the disappointment of, of missing a GF. The Copeland Trophy, the Collingwood Best and Fairest, uh, was over the weekend, and would you fucking believe it? <laughs> Josh and Nick Dacos, side by side, we stick together. They are one and two, but Josh gets it done. He's a better footballer. I, I did 6PR the other day, and, and Josh came up as the Copeland Trophy winner. And look, I, I've got no doubt that he, he deserved to win under the, under the voting. He was all Australian. Yeah, no, no question with that. But just given the way that, that Nick dominated uh, the headlines and, and obviously missed the last month of footy, but I thought probably Nick would have enough uh, votes to, to win it. But that's, that's great for Josh. And yeah, the Dacos uh, double continues. Best and fairest in a premiership year. Pretty significant. That's uh, pretty significant. Is that better than a Brownlow medal? I tell I'll, you what, I would think it is. I, I'd be taking that absolutely. Yeah, mate. Premiership and a, and the best and fair. That that is. I think that's the the complete Quinella. If yeah. you if you're a footballer, I mean, Lockie Neal will, will end up with two, maybe three Brownlows. Well, that's but a good example. Who would you rather be? Uh, Lockie Neal, not all Australian this year, but Josh Dacos, uh, best and fairest premiership, absolutely. or Lockie Neal. Runner-up in a grand final. And, and two, Bra- two, two Brownlows next to his name now. Who would you rather be? Uh, I'd rather Dacos. be Dacos, yeah. yeah. And you'd say the same, Absolutely. surely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. That's a good question. Thank you, Riley. Uh, Essendon, the, uh, is it the Crichton or Crichton? Crichton medal. Yeah, Crichton medal. Uh, Zach Merritt wins his fourth. Gets so much of the footy, doesn't he? Gun. Cole Langford, been a bit of a story this year. He provided them something in front of the footy. He was yeah. second uh, in the count. And Mason Redman... It's good to see some backmen getting some recognition. Don't uh, often say that. He's third place, Mason Redman. Uh, Essendon need to improve rapidly over the off-season. Yeah, although the halfway mark of the year, they'll, they'll probably play in finals, weren't they? So I know it's, it must be gut-wrenching to see Carlton kick on when the Bombers uh, falter. But they're, as you said, pretty active during the, the post-season. Uh, Todd Goldson will come across as a you know backup to Sam Draper. Yeah, I, I, I think... They can they can build again. It's not have to because they're pretty putrid at the back end of the season. But I, there were some good signs last or this year at, at various stages. They're going to be active in the trade period. I think is it is Dersma? 
Was he linked? But he's to been talked about him. I mean, looks like Shield might be going to St Kilda yes. from Essendon. Um, is it Gresham or one of, uh, yeah. Saint going possibly going in that direction? But I think they're going to be more proactive than than dormant. Geelong, the Kazi Greaves medal. Tom Stewart wins his second. Uh, they, they underachieved this year. Tom Atkins second. Uh, and Lionel Messi was third uh, at Geelong. <laughs> underachieved. But, mate, you win a flag. I'm telling you, it's going to be the same for Collingwood next year, albeit yes. they're a slightly younger side. Geelong missed the finals. Yeah, I know. It's, it's massive. I, I totally get that. But they had, they missed the finals. But they've also, you just remember the build from the last seven, eight years. They, they've been consistently contending. And after a while, there's, you know, at some stage, uh, you have a blip on the radar. Absolutely love this result. The Kevin Sheedy medal, the GWS best and fairest. Toby Green wins his second uh, because a lot of people thought Tom might get this one. Toby Green's wins on 71 votes. Stephen Cornelio and Tom Green uh, equal second. Uh, what an outstanding year from Toby Green. All-Australian captain, uh, captain of the footy club. He wins a best and fairest. He played about as well as you could play as a small forward in the league, I reckon. Inspired choice as captain of that footy club, uh, no question. And Tom Green, the more I see of him, the more uh, you think that the Giants have got another level to go to uh, next year. Hawthorne, the Peter Crimmins medal. Will Day, 125 votes. Jai Newcomb on second with 123. And Connor Nash, 114. And this top three for mine is the most interesting of the lot. Will Day, very young. They signed him to a long, long-term long deal, a South Australian. Jai Newcomb, a rookie player from two, three years ago. I think he was a, was he a mid-season pickup. I'm pretty sure Possibly. he was a mid-season draft pickup. He's second place in the best and fairest. And Connor Nash, this giant that runs around in the midfield. I'm really excited with what Hawthorne's going to bring in the next three years. Um, But don't be surprised if you don't see this big jump up the ladder that I think people will expect next year. They're going to be a slower build. They won't be expecting to be challenging for a premiership for probably another three or four years. So they'll they'll improve. They can still be eight to ten. I think that'd be a a natural progression. But you're right, it doesn't just ordinarily – the graph doesn't go – uh, one way, like the stock market, there can be some some major hiccups and hurdles and injuries. So nothing guaranteed. Uh, Melbourne, the Bluey Truscott Medal. Christian Petrarca wins his second on six hundred and two votes. What are what they sort giving of votes? Are we giving fifty a game or something? Are we six hundred and two? Bloody <laughs> hell! Touches for the year or votes? Holy shit! Uh, Jack Viney second place. So Christian Petrarca's won this easy five five twenty seven. And Jake Lever. Third position, no real surprises with Petrarca winning this one. No, could have won the Brownlow. Uh, perhaps unlucky not to win the Brownlow. Talking about unlucky not to win the Brownlow, Sydney, the Bob Skilton medal. Now, I will give you um, I'll give you a box of shelters if you can give me third position in this oh, count. I was going to say. Will, you will actually, I'll give you 10 guesses and you'll never get it. Uh, Errol Goulden, Errol wins youngest, his first. Youngest player. You thought uh, Christian Petrarca was big money, 602 votes, 738 votes to Errol Goulden. <laughs> <laughs> 738. Seriously. Uh, hang on. Hang on. Even if there's 10 like, votes what, per round, there's only 20 rounds. Well, no. So, like, you know, West Coast. They might be doing pre-season West, like Bulldogs. No, but West Coast do five coaches and you can get three, two, one, zero from all coaches. So, you could get zero and playing a game. Yeah. You could get five. I wouldn't. I don't think that's the same way here. I'd love to know how Sydney are doing their best and fairest because that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. But the next, the next, next best was four eighty one. He's won with three hundred votes. He's pants them, <laughs> and he and again he flew home uh, in the Brownlow like a, a good thing beaten almost thirty votes a game. Apparently, like, Jaden's just finding out. But apparently, they give out thirty votes a game. Is that spread across the group? Hang on, that doesn't make sense either. No, because could, even if he gives, if he gets thirty votes maximum through twenty rounds, what's that? No, but <laughs> I don't know. What six hundred? 
Well, that, so, so he must, yeah. he must bowl, a, yeah, exceptionally <laughs> well almost every game. And my mass four is probably going to be uh, faltering here. Seriously, if it's out of 30, it means he's got like full marks for about 21 <laughs> of the 24 games. It's uh, a big year, Dean Farrell. Cox, can you get in touch with us to work out what the hell is going on in Sin City? Uh, I'm sure Coxie is listening. Who finished third, by the way? Just Nick Blakey second, third yeah, place. So Just the, have a guess. The Lizard. Uh, you would have no idea. Hang on. Oh, 50 votes a maximum. Yeah, so you can have 50. 50 votes. Imagine getting a 50 voter in a game. Seriously. That's just ridiculous. I'm sorry. Sydney, sorted out. Ridiculous. Third place. Um, You'll never get it. I'll never you get may it. actually not even know who this is. <laughs> okay. Uh, Joel and Marty. <laughs> no. James Rowbottom. Oh, you number eight. Oh, no, him. Yeah, that's yeah, well, fine. You know, he's a good player. That's great. Do you think he was the third best player at Sydney? Oh, I've no idea. Oh, apparently he is. <laughs> Five coaches give 10 <laughs> votes per game. You can get a maximum of 50 votes at Sydney. That's ridiculous, John Longmire. I'm here to tell you. Do a lot of things well at that football club. Apart from Matt wrestling. Uh, oh, gosh. Oh, don't bring that up. I'm <laughs> sure he's still simmering about that. Uh, just to finish off, uh, Essendon submit paperwork for Ben Mackay is the other Essendon big name that we're talking about. Yes. And Todd Goldstein. Yes, yeah, so they're going... Raiding big... Essendon. Absolutely. Uh, North Melbourne, I should say. North Melbourne. Ben Mackay, obviously, they've not sold the farm so for him. A bit, but... a, bit of, a bit of payback from Brad Scott. Possibly. Just, just raiding the, uh, the, the old the, team. The, the old team and uh, trying to stitch him up there. Um, Dylan Shield not on the trade table, apparently. Okay, fair enough. Uh, and Todd Golston, yeah. That's, Bombers, Bombers, Sydney, probably the two that are most active at the moment. I'm really fascinated to see what happens with the Eagles this week and I'll, sometimes... I would it. like to see Frio just inject themselves in with a bit of a surprise trade. I'd like to see them cover some of the depth they're losing. Will Schofield, Mark Reddings, Shelter Footy Cast. Let's finish off with an AFL run, AFLW run through. We both called the Frio game yesterday, Skeeter, and then some uh, listener questions to finish us right off. West Coast defeated by GWS, 44-24. to They won last week, West Coast, their first win of the year. GWS come into this game undefe- uh, sorry, un- unwon. They hadn't won a game. <laughs> you like that? Unwon. You like that? Yeah. What should I have said? We should have said winless. Thank you. Uh, Blacktown <laughs> International Sports. But that's what you're here for. Hey, what's that? No, we're talking about GWS. GWS. Just listen along. Thank you, Jaden. <laughs> Just shut the fuck up. <laughs> I know it's difficult to listen. Thank you very much. Uh, Emma, Emma Swanson, uh, we had her on, on back chat yeah. this week. So um, although they lost on the weekend, she's very interesting to listen to. So make sure you jump over to back chat podcast feed if you like. Look, she's a really interesting leader, and and what I loved about the interview, she just says it how it was. She was really straight down the line, asked her some sort of hard, harder questions around you know the performance of West Coast and being a leader and being a captain and being the best player. I loved it. So it's a great chat. So get over there, West Coast AFLW side. Kick the first two goals yep. as well of that game. So finished with three for the game. Yeah, not huge. I've, I've been to Blackton actually uh, for I think the Foxtel Cup. It's a bit. Of, I took Barry Hall. I just quickly. I've met him at the airport for the first time ever. Yep. And met him and had to drive him up to to Blacktown and in the hire car. A good fella. And Pull over I, and get a six pack on the way up. Uh, oh no, we had some fun in that Foxtel Cup <laughs> tour because we yeah, myself. Uh, Brad uh, Johnson, Dicko, no, yeah. Dicko and Adam Ramanowskis and, and a few of the boys, and geez, we got gas, but uh, no, Hawley, good, good fellow, although I was a bit scared meeting him for the first time. I was like, hi, Barry, my name's Mark, we're going to drive together up to Blacktown. <laughs> he made you drive? Well, I drove, and he sort of sat there, and he, 
Uh, how far to go? <laughs> so I'll just get there as quick as I can, Barry. <laughs> uh, AFLW women's team for West Coast there on a slippery slope at the moment. Well, I suppose slippery slope would have them to start up at the top of the slope. They've been well, poor. They've been poor, but I think some signs against Port, but yeah, they've got a lot of work to do. As do Fremantle, by the way. They 45 do. points they lost yesterday. North Melbourne, to me, look one of the better sides in the competition. Uh, uh, Talia Randall, I think it is, kicked five goals for them. And a girl called, a uh, player called Ash Riddell, really impressed. I think 30 Seven thirty-eight touches. One of the better. She, she could be probably. She's probably the best player in the league. Is that right? Yep. She was outstanding. She was terrific. And look, I've got to be honest with you. I hadn't called a game for a long time. You and I discussed this on radio pre-game about where it's at the competition. Because I hadn't seen much AFLW in the last year or two, I was sort of a bit sceptical. What I saw from North, particularly, no, I was you know when they kicked seventy odd points, I thought uh, that standard had certainly risen a cog or two um, from what I'd last seen. So no, it was it was definitely watchable. Yep, I agree, mate. Uh, now, listen to questions. Let's get into them. B Wood, 2462. Uh, missed out on Robertson. So, what other strong midfielders can the Eagles get? Is Will Brody an option? How can the Eagles get some good leaders in the midfield in their early to mid 20s with a bit of hardness? I feel with a young side, they will still need some strong examples on and off the field to drive standards. I, I agree with that, Woody. What do I you agree think? with it as well, but I'm just trying to think. I'm not sure Will Brody's the answer. No, I don't know that. For them. But by the same token, I I can't – just trying to think of, of players that have even been spoken about to, to come to the club to – You can't, can't just go and get a mid, middle-aged 50 to 100-game player from someone. No. Difficult to come by. Absolutely. I mean, the West Australian – the go-home factor is obviously helpful, but there doesn't seem to be anyone at the moment on on their radar on that front. It'd I might good, be wrong. It'd be a good way to bring in from Juf. Uh, thoughts on West Coast going for 21-year-old Trey Rusco as a backup player. He seems to be – he's just been delisted from Collingwood yep. uh, t- over the weekend. Yeah, he wanted to come home earlier in the year. Well, certainly during the year, there was a lot strong talk that he obviously wasn't getting a game, wasn't happy. Uh, he's, he's probably going to get across and, and – Come back to WA irrespective, I think, unless he gets an offer on the East Coast. But, yeah, I, I, to be honest with you, I haven't seen enough of Trey to say whether he's um, the bloke that should be targeted by West Coast. I always thought Charlie Constable was a, a good good player for Geelong, and then he played for Gold Coast last mm. year, captured their VFL side that won the premiership. premiership. Yeah. Perth's just signed him. Yeah, I'm pretty happy about that being a Perth man. But, yeah, yeah it's, it's good. maybe I'm not sure what the connection with Peter German is, but maybe there's something there. Gets uh, look wouldn't be surprised if he comes in and captains the side. To be honest with you, a little mid-season look maybe for West Poss- Coast. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, that's that's all. Yeah, he's he's a decent player and he'll be a very good waffle player. They're the sort of guys I think West Coast should be adding more spots in their rookie list. Guys that have had some experience at AFL level that are maybe playing state league footy that can still play the game very well. Add three or four of them as rookies into the group. Play them in your waffle side. Improve your waffle side. I wouldn't be rookieing from West Coast point of view. 18-year-old interstate guys that we don't know anything about. I think they should be really having a go at some mature-age rookies. Throw some darts. That's where you throw your darts, not at the draft. And add some quality to their waffle yeah. side, just my and thoughts. Whether it's a, a waffle-type player that you get in that rookie, or as you say, scour the country and, and hopefully find a little nugget. Now, uh, Fremantle, we spoke about players they should be looking at. This is from um, Swarzy. Is that right? Thank you. Uh, Frio should try and get Jeremy Sharp, 22 years old, heavily chased by Frio last year, and he's just played VFL all year, so surely his price is lowered. He's a guy that could come, and he played some footy last year. I remember seeing him on the wing for Gold Coast. 
he's a guy that Fremantle could add to that mix to, to add some depth behind some of the players they've lost. Yeah, you mentioned as soon as you said Jeremy Sharp, I thought, well, that's that's where they were headed last year. That's Correct. what they were trying to get hold of uh, of him and um, wasn't to be. So, yeah, yeah, that look, I'd be surprised, as you say, Sco, if they don't, the Dockers try to um, try to get some quality back into that that side. How they do it, uh, Peter Bell and Co. will, will be will be, I'm sure, racking their brains and hopefully have something formulated by now. Now, I tell you what. Uh, tell you what. We've got a couple of crackers to finish today. Yeah, okay. Let's roll gentlemen. Michael Clare, not Clark, just missing the K. Someone tells Skeet his commentary on the Sheffield Shield is top notch. I want to have a beer with the man. Where, how, many, how many fingers do you actually have in the pies? The I'm, Sheffield Shield. Yeah, I did that Friday. Um, Who's that with? Who are you covering that with? It was uh, for KO. Is and, that right? Uh, Figures.com.au. Is that right? Yeah, just, uh, just a little... Just the a, Sheffield Shield yeah. commentary. I actually quite enjoyed it. It was good fun with Dave Lindsay and uh, the team there. And, yeah, uh, yeah, that would suit you. Like, there's a bit of there's a bit I of love cricket. And there, you love your cricket. There's a bit of fill with cricket commentary, isn't there? It's not a... It's not a high-paced... No, no, 100%. It's a, there's a bit of... We had Wayne Clark, we were talking about stories yeah. from the 90s. Yeah, and just, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, was, yeah, it yeah. was good. No, I enjoyed it. No, I, I, you know, WA, we had our second string side in, and we obliterated Victoria on the weekend by innings and 50-odd runs. Um, we've got a one day on today, by the way, uh, with the wild thing. Uh, so you only call one game in the Sheffield Shield? No, I call one day because I had Sorry, commitments on the Saturday with radio yeah. and Sunday calling the AFLW. But I quite enjoyed it. But, yeah. Very um, good feedback. Yeah, well, you know, maybe it's just like uh, Seinfeld. Get in, uh, make them laugh and then leave. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for the feedback. Yeah. I really enjoy it. Yeah, well, apparently you're very good at it. So I will uh, I won't be tuning in. Now, uh, <laughs> <laughs> now Jesse, this is uh, my favourite of the week. Old mate. Uh, this is from Jesse. He says, old mate up the back looking schmicko. So he's sending in a photo, Skeeter. Okay. This is from the State Library WA uh, Instagram page. Would you have a look at this one, Skeeter? <laughs> what do you think of that? Well, I'm thinking I uh, had a few more feathers uh, back in the day. A <laughs> barra's about 35 kilos lighter. Michael Thompson down the bottom. Tomo right there. He's got his eyes closed. Todd Johnston, Dixie Marshall, Tina Altieri, and Terry Willisey. Uh, alongside Bobby Hunnett. So, yeah, that was... Um, yeah, what? What year did they say that was? This this looks like straight out of Anchorman. Like, I'm telling you, <laughs> this, this looks like Anchorman. And you look like brick up the back. The bloke, the bloke that puts knives in toasters. <laughs> Jaden will put this one on social hey, media. Hey, hang on. You genuinely just look happy to be here. No, like, no, have a look no, at you. Before you put that on anywhere, that has to... It's uh, copyright. I think it's like, already on Instagram, it's mate. Like- it's already... It's too late. <laughs> you know? What do you want? You want some royalties out? No, I just want to be able to monitor what my, my yeah. image is being portrayed well, as. Well, I'll tell you what, get over to socials because Skeeter will be eating chips and looking live straight out of the And then go back 30 years and see, there you go. 1995. 1995. Five and 20. That's 28 years ago. <laughs> How old are you there? 28. So uh, what, what are you, yeah, 45 or something? <laughs> I'm, uh, what, I'm 53, take 28. I was probably 25. Wow. Fresh off the butt. Yeah, I'm I'm flying there. I reckon I was out nightclubbing every every Friday and Saturday, going to work uh, sport at Channel Nine, and I'll then tell you what, very uh, <laughs> very very thin for 25 years old. Was I thin? You look, you know, it's quite, you know. Oh, you have a look at yourself at 25, you numb nut. See how you look. <laughs> even even look back when you're 35 now in 10 years and see you're travelling, brother. <laughs> Shelter footy cars, that's us done and dusted. There's always a stitch up, but that's yeah, great. great. I enjoy it. Why, why would I move from this spot here? Send more Mark Redding <laughs> clips in right now, wherever you like. Footycast at shelterbrewing.com.au or on Instagram, Shelter Footycast. See you next week. Actually, Thursday. 
see you Thursday. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.